So, um, don't know if anybody has watched the news yet today, but there has been another church shooting this afternoon or this morning. 20 plus killed in Texas outside San Antonio. Um, This was a a Baptist church um, in a very small farm town. Most of the people there are farmers and work in the oil fields, etc. Um, I was watching one report that said this is one of those towns that has a church, a gas station, a Dollar General, and that's about it. Um, not a whole lot of information um, that's readily available. I spoke to a friend of mine uh, before services who uh, lives in the Texas area uh, that I went to Harding with, and... Um, the preacher, the man who was preaching that morning, uh, was actually a visiting preacher. Uh, the pastor and his wife were out of town, um, but this was a childhood friend of my friend's father, um, and uh, his whole family was uh, killed, including himself, including the preacher. Um, the uh, now our our lesson tonight uh, is looking at Paul. Um, and the fact that he died a happy man. And uh, I don't like to start off sermons on a somber note, but uh, you know, death is one of those things that if we don't look at it with the proper perspective, we tend to uh, be overcome by um, guilt, not guilt, grief. That's the word I look, I'm looking for. We're overcome uh, with grief, um, unable to function sometimes. Um. And I think we can learn a lot from Paul and uh, the example that he gives us and how he was looking at his uh, impending death. Now, the Bible itself is silent on the death of Paul. Uh, we don't have an account within Scripture that tells us exactly how Paul was killed or how he died. But the tradition is, uh, and historically, um, that Paul was um, beheaded on the Ostian Road just outside of Rome. Um, this um, was done at the command of Nero, who was uh, the emperor of Rome at the time. Uh, and it was uh, it coincided with, uh, I think, what's called the great persecution of the Christians um, by Nero and by others uh, in the Roman Empire around 67 or 68 A.D. Um, and the reason this happened is because, as many people know, uh, Rome burned under the rule of Nero, Uh, And Nero blamed the Christians for it. And so in order to um, have a scapegoat, if you will, uh, they started rounding up Christians and killing them. And Paul was one of them. Um, It's also believed that Peter was martyred around the same time. Uh, Peter, of course, was crucified and Paul was beheaded. Um, And the reason why they had different deaths is because Paul was a Roman citizen And if you were a Roman citizen, then crucifixion was not something that was done to Roman citizens. Instead, it was a beheading. And that's why um, Peter, who was not a Roman citizen, um, was crucified. And of course, tradition holds that Peter was crucified upside down because he didn't want to die the way Christ did. Um, Again, those are traditions, not something that we have held in Scripture. Um, But either way... um, The Bible does uh, reveal Paul's anticipation of death, and uh, we're going to look at that tonight in 2 Timothy 4, verse 6. He knew that it was imminent. He knew it was coming. 
um, and he expressed a strong confidence concerning his death. So in view of his closing words to Timothy, we can say that Paul died a happy man. So how was Paul able to approach death with such peace and joy concerning his future? Uh, this week we're going to look. We're going to break this up into uh, one, maybe two sermons, maybe a third. We'll see. Uh, but we're going to look at Paul's view of dying tonight, um, just the death part itself. Um, and so our focus tonight is going to be on First uh, Timothy four verse six or Second Timothy four verse six. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. All right, so. Paul viewed his dying as an offering, as a sacrifice, if you will. Now, the word poured out may allude to his anticipation of shedding blood, um, because, again, as a Roman citizen, he knew what his death would likely be entailing, and that would have been beheading. That was the common death uh, for Roman citizens at that time. Um, now, the a drink offering part of that verse, um, we have to go back to the Old Testament to understand what Paul means about that, or with with that statement. And so, um, if you look back in Numbers, um, there is uh, a number of different uh, occasions in which uh, a wine offering was mentioned as accompanying a sacrifice. And typically, wine was poured out, as we see in this, poured out on top of the sacrifice. Um, And that was to symbolize... Um, that it was being devoted to God. And it wasn't just the cheap wine, right? It was the good wine um, that, they, that they would have used for that. Um, just like they would not have used the worst of the flock, they would have used the best sheep, the best lamb, etc. Um, and so Paul is referring to that when he's saying that he's going to be poured out as a drink offering. Um, his death, as he viewed it, it would seem... Uh, was just another way to offer himself as a sacrifice to God. Of course, when we look at his writings throughout Scripture, in Romans chapter 12, he encourages uh, encourages all Christians to uh, offer themselves as living sacrifices. All right? Uh, and Paul, of course, here is, is speaking as a dying sacrifice, as a sacrifice of death for Christ. And uh, in this, he sought to magnify Christ, even in the manner of his death. Uh, Turn over to Philippians chapter 1. And we're going to look at uh, verses 20 through 21 here. (coughs) So he says, It is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Have you ever thought about how you die is a, being a way to magnify Christ? That seems like a weird thing to think about, I understand. We may not die a martyr's death uh, that Paul died, but we can demonstrate the death of a believer uh, with the hope that we have within us. And I'm reminded of um, a story that I heard at Polishing the Pulpit this year um, of a man who uh, was 
converted to, to Christ and uh, began living the Christian life. He did everything he could to evangelize and, and uh, reach those in the community with the word. And uh, he became very ill and was in hospice care for a few weeks. Uh, and in that time, uh, on his nightstand table next to his bed, um, there was a, a drawer that was full of CDs or tapes. I think it was tapes, probably not CDs. Uh, and those tapes contained sermons. And whenever someone came to visit him, he told them to reach in and grab a tape, go home and listen to it, and then come back and they could talk about it. Um, whether they were Christians or not, um, it, he spent his last days sharing the good news, sharing the gospel. He was never sad. He was ready. Um, I'm also reminded of a friend of ours, passed away a few years ago, um, that uh, as she was dying, she wanted, uh, she just wanted to sing hymns. She just wanted to sing and she wanted to praise and she wanted to hear those songs of praise being sung around her as well because those are encouragements. Those are um, how we exhort one another, right? As Galatians says. Um, and I can only imagine the encouragement and hope that that gave her children and her husband who were uh, around her children who um, may or may not have been um, still active in their faith, possibly had fallen away from their faith in some capacity. But um, I can, I, I, I just know the nature of this person, uh, Beth was her name, um, that uh, what joy she probably filled people with, with that. So how do we approach death? How, how do we view death and how do we, how um, will we react to it when it comes knocking, whether it's for us or whether it's for a loved one? How do we react to it? So Paul viewed his death as an offering, but he also viewed it as a departure. Um, if you look at the latter part of that, he said, the time of my departure has come or my, the time of my departure is at hand. Now the term departure um, uh, analusis is the Greek word, and it is drawn from a metaphor from loosing uh, the moorings uh, or preparing to set sail, basically. So the true idea of death in this term that's used for death is that of uh, releasing the bands that confine us to the present world, of setting us free and permitting the soul to go forth as with expanded sails on its eternal voyage with such a view of death. Why would a Christian fear to die. That was by uh, Bible scholar uh, Barnes. I can't remember his first name off the top of my head. Um, but uh, that's, when we think about that concept of death being uh, a release, it's, it's, it's freeing. Um, for me to live as Christ, to die is gain. It's a victory. Um, and it's just really the beginning of a journey. Peter, um, Peter also did not view death as ceasing to exist. Uh, he called his death an exit or an exodus. Uh, exodus uh, was the Greek word that he used. And he used that word to allude back to the Israelites. And of course, being um, set free uh, from Egypt and marching for Canaan's land. And if we look at it, the way Paul looked at it, this world is like Egypt. And 
heaven is like Canaan. It's a place of, uh, and a state of, of rest and happiness in that uh, our exit, our exodus from this world uh, is one to be look, the one that we should look forward to and greatly anticipate. Paul looked forward to departing uh, to be with Jesus. If you're still in first, I'm sorry, in uh, Philippians, look down at verse 23. He said, I'm hard pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. You see, Paul said that it was far better to be with Christ. But because he was needed, he was satisfied with remaining. Turn over to John chapter 14. We'll uh, wrap up here tonight. John chapter 14, first few verses here. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. Have you ever thought about what Jesus says there? That He has gone to prepare a place for us? Jesus was present at the creation of the world. right? The beginning of John says that the world was created through Jesus. All things were created through Him. It took God six days to create the world. And if you ever spend any time in nature, you can just see the beauty of the creation that He made in just six days. And it's been thousands of years that Jesus has been away preparing a place for us. Imagine, imagine what that will be like. This is, a, this is a statement of comfort that Jesus is providing to us, to his disciples. To know that death is not the end. The death in this life is merely a beginning because we have a wonderful place waiting for us. So do we view death as the beginning of a journey? Do we view death as a journey that we anticipate for? I think back to my childhood and knowing that we were going to Disney World and I had a paper chain on my wall and I tore off a paper link every day. Uh, As I woke up, I got out of bed, I tore off a piece of the chain, counted the links to know how many days it was until we were going to Disney World. Are we anticipating our death in that way? Or are we fearful of that death because we think we have so much left undone When you, when you take any kind of trip, whether it's Disney World or just to see the in-laws for the weekend, you prepare for it. I over-prepare for trips. I make lists. I write my lists out. I check things off as I pack them. And then coming back, as I put things back, I check them again, typically. I over-prepare. But are we preparing for our journey that's to come? Have we prepared ourselves for that which waits for us after this life is over? So one's view of death will determine their attitude toward it. Paul's view of it was of an offering and of a departure. And that helped him approach dying with joyful anticipation. 
What about you? Do you joyfully anticipate death? Are you comfortable in saying, Come, Lord Jesus? If Jesus returned tomorrow, would you be ready? If you're here tonight and you haven't prepared yourself for that journey by making the decision to die to yourself, to be buried with Christ, to be raised to a newness of life in the waters of baptism, then you're not prepared for that journey that's to come. If the church can assist you with that tonight or any other need that you have, now is the time when you can come and you can while we stand and sing.